This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. There is one reality. In our confusing culture, we persist in talking about two realities, of course, the materialist atheism of mainstream science and the ancient theism of mainstream Christianity. But the problem is neither mainstream science nor mainstream Christianity can tell us what our one reality is because both of them are belief systems. One is theism, one is atheism. When you base your research and your theories and your understanding around belief systems, you are not seeking the truth. And we know they can't both be right. So how do we get at the truth? Well, when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead, we don't learn only that the dead are alive and every human mind is eternal. What we also get is a wonderful glimpse of what actually is going on. And what we learn from the dead is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. How wonderful is that? Among the appalling fruits, of course, of mainstream science's refusal to look at all the evidence of what actually is going on is the fact that we are denied so many gifts that would come from practical applications of all the truths about our one reality. This is a serious problem. Because scientists won't look at this information, they persist in treating ailments, they persist in, in, in treating people in ways which are totally inconsistent with what is the truth. Today we'll be talking about one of those gifts, and all of these gifts, by the way, await us. As soon as, it, as science begins to study all of this, what we're talking about today is going to become common knowledge and practiced and will help so many people. Our guest today is Bob Frank, a really interesting guy. He's a multi-talented adventurer, a novelist, a wholehearted seeker, and in today he's going to discuss with us something I've been eager to talk about on Seek Reality past life regression, and especially past life regression therapy. Welcome, Bob. Well, thank you very much, Roberta. I'm glad to be here. Let's see if we can have some fun today. It'll be fun. Well, I have my own story to tell, but first I, I, we want to hear, hear about your, you know, what you have to tell us. And I under, you have a uh, really, I, I received a detailed um, outline of your history, and you know, we could do several shows just talking about all the things you've done and the interesting <laughs> life you've led. We will, toward the end of the hour, be talking about Bob's novels. Like, like me, he enjoys writing fiction, and he bases his fiction in what he's learned about reality, which to me is, is going to be a, going, uh, a growing uh, area for novelists. Once we come to know the truth, there's a lot of interesting stuff we can write about. But first, what we're going to do is talk about talk about your history. How did you get into, uh, just briefly, how did you get into thinking about past life regression or, or past lives at all? I mean, you, you began to do hypnosis. Tell us that story. Well, it's, it's um, I was raised down in the Midwest, and, the, you know, the in the Bible Belt, religion was everywhere. It's all Christian-based religion, and 
went after the army in, in the middle of Vietnam, and you, you kind of get into these mixed-up roles in your brain when you do that. And I ended up going, and I've always been very left-brain, very engineering-related, very structured. And and at, at some point in there, I, I, I would say I went over way over to the hard, I, I call it the hardcore atheistic side. Where I just got, that's where I went. That's, that's where I was at. You know, you, you die and you rot the box and away you go. Oh, and, Lord. and, uh, it, it was, it was, it was over there. So, uh, but that's just how you transition as you, as you go through life. And at some point, I think I sort of slid over into the agnostic side where maybe I was hedging my bets a little bit saying, well, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> so, yes. so I was kind of slid into the atheistic or agnostic notch. And, and so that's where I parked for many years and, and I had a, a good friend who was in, who was uh, uh, actually a business associate who was into Kabbalah, and, and you know, I, I didn't want to you know, push her too much on what it was. And after about, I'd known her about a year and a half, two years, and said, can you really tell me what this is all about? And said, well, she explained what Kabbalah was all about, and she said, there's just one special thing called the connection, and you and I have a connection. I said, what's the connection? She says, well, we lived a past life together. I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> that That began the journey. That was the oh. that was the the genesis of the journey. I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, we've lived. Obviously, we've lived a past life because we there's a bonding, and it's you know there's trust, and there's just this thing that we can work together, we can do things together, and it, it, and you know it's it's there." So oh, okay, that's so why you know, I went back and I, so I picked up some books on on past life regression. I said, "Well, what is reincarnation, and what is it really about, and past lives and." So I started reading the books, and I got hooked. Yeah. Absolutely got hooked. But Michael <laughs> yes. Newton, Brian Weiss, the, the 30, 35 non-fictional books on the topic of past life regression, which was the core into reincarnation and looking and viewing at past lives. And right. someone says, oh, I can, this is fun. This is really interesting. I, <laughs> right. I, and then I says, but I don't, I don't know if I believe this. I don't really don't know, but these guys are psychologists, psychiatrists. They're... Right. In many ways, they're the left brain like I am. And they've refused to believe it until they began to run across it in their normal practice. And then they became hardcore believers in reincarnation, past lives, and that whole structure of the soul going off and coming back and learning its lessons. And that kind of got me hooked. So at some point, you know, I have things on your bucket list. One thing on my bucket list is I'm going to write it out. So I, wow, I can make a great story because you can time travel you can yeah. jump backward, forward in time as I'm going to write the school novel. So I <laughs> began to research, started writing the novel, and it was great. It was coming together, and except I, I could write from the from the viewpoint of the practitioner, but not from the viewpoint of the subject. So I says, I am going to go get a past life regression. So I, I live in Phoenix, and I went through the, the through the, the the cluster of past life regression specialists in the Phoenix area, narrowed it down to four, three, and two, and got one. Okay, she's going to do my regression. So I had the regression and and got three very good lives, that very crystal clear, came across, as they say, it's not a dream. It, this is a memory. And I so, went so home. So explain this. People are going to wonder about this. And, and let's talk about that just for a minute, but we'll, we'll hold yeah. the narrative. Um, because I've had a past life regression experience, too. I'm not going to talk about mine. It wasn't nearly as good as yours. But... You, 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 they, I know they, they, you sort of lie down, they put you in a hypnotic state. Exactly. And, and then and she counted you into, you know, go to a life, a meaningful lifetime in your past, or what did she say? Right. What did, what did, in essence, the, the, 
the, the hypnotherapy, they take you in hypnotherapy, and it's very, very standard protocols. It is just in a box. It is a protocol in a box. And now there's different ways to go through the protocol to take people down to that very relaxed state and put them to the point where their mind just checks out of the conscious world and it goes down into this dream state. So so it's it's very classic, you know, hypnosis. It will take you into a state of hypnosis and they kind of take your imagination. They want to tap your imagination. And that that's why the 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 discussions for, since you know for millennia has been around what they call the third eye, which as the Indians that's the center of your forehead. The third eye is the they say is the pineal gland, which is inside the center of your brain. That is the center of imagination, because you're tapping imagination. Now there's a good side and bad side when you get into past lives, because when you're tapping your imagination, you're saying, is it tapping into this other realm? this deeper realm, which is your past lives, or is it just your mind is making this stuff up? Making it up, and right. It's a very interesting debate, and even sometimes I have to debate when, when I do past life regressions, is this real or not? So uh, on the process of the past life regression, you're in the state of hypnosis, they take you to this place, and there's different uh, sort of little, what they call scripts, to take you, potentially take you into these past lives. Could be, there's a hall of doors, you go down the hall, and every door is a different past life. Or you go down a path, and there's different gates. They can float you into clouds and see all the yeah, islands. I was on the cloud. <laughs> yeah, yes. and you go on the clouds. You can say, come down to the islands, and every island is a different past life. So yeah. they let your imagination dream out whatever it wants to dream. And then when you when you bop into this into this past life, you're suddenly you're just literally dropped into the middle of a past life. Yeah. The interesting thing the the therapist will do is is they will not, they, or they will attempt not to, to lead you or plant anything at all. They allow your own imagination to do what it needs to do when it needs to do it. Right. So that if you need to, it, it doesn't say, well, let's go to a life that was in 1600s. Uh, yes. It says, go to wherever you need to go right now, for whatever you need to see, that relates to your current life. You want to try to relate it back to your current life. Yes. Then that allows you to make a connection between then and now. And uh, th- then you'll go through the life. If, you, if you've ever seen that, that old British TV series, Mr. Bean, and they, the opening scene where suddenly, boop, he just like plops into the street, th- that is what a past life regression is like when you, to me, when you, when you come into the life, you just plop. You could be a young child, an old woman. You could be middle-aged. You could be anywhere within that life. Yes. You just drop in to to wherever you need to go at that time. And the, the therapist will just let you talk, allow you to talk, work out yes. wherever you're at. And then depends on where you're at. Sometimes we'll take you back, say, let's go back further in the life to a younger time, or they'll if you're younger, they'll take you forward to a to later time. time allowing, yeah, yes. they want you to work through it so that you can really understand the progression of that particular life. Maybe jump into four or five different places, and then the, the, and what it is is the most significant event that that you see either forward or backward in time, uh, because those are the things that that soul will remember and drag along with it as it as it carries through its 
through its yes. uh, through its journey. Yes, uh, in my experience, I, I I didn't have as creative a therapist as you did, and in both cases, I was. She wanted to take me to three or four, but I stopped after two. I was dropped just before what was going to be a really bad death. And um, I said, you know, maybe maybe past life regression therapy isn't for me. Maybe maybe I'd just as soon not do any more of this. So I never have. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's important for people to understand that although, I, and the pineal gland is interesting. I use it for another purpose. I use it mm-hmm. to. Um, surround myself and others with spiritual light. And I have whole stories I could tell you about how well that works. I didn't believe in it either, but wow, it works beautifully. And, Mm -hmm. um, but when it, when it comes to past life regression, I, I think some people really need that. And some people, and I think that's true in my case, um, are, are just not, I I found it very painful, actually, um, because I immediately identified with people who were going through horrible things. Yeah, well, actually, what, what, what I do, and what, what I look at it from myself, and then I look at it from the, the people that I, that I work with on past life regression, is the death is, is probably the most important event in that, in that particular life. In any life, the death is the most important. And from my personal standpoint, I, I look forward to the death, because that's where you get all the good stuff. Yeah, but see, you have, you have the right attitude, and my attitude's all wrong. <laughs> and and wow. from two angles, yeah, because one angle is when, when you're when you're in that in the throes of the death, you're you're getting the rush of all of the uh, I'll use the word the lessons of that particular life. What did I do good? What did I do that was not as good? What was my goal in that particular life? Did I meet the goal or not meet the goal? And did, was it was I just basically a good person? Because they, in the really the most progressions I've seen, they're looking at wrapping up of the life, and and because you can cross very quickly, the therapist can take you up to the death, and quickly if they see that you're in stress, they can jump you past the the actual death. Now you're in, you're you're dead, you're dead, and your soul's there with your body looking at the body. Just like near-death experiences, where people say, "Oh, I'm I'm in the top of the room in the hospital, yes. and I'm looking down on myself in bed." That is exactly where I take people in their direction: is get them okay. up to the that's, death. That's safe. <laughs> okay, that would feel a lot safer. Yes, because it yes. feels so good. I, I, I'll say that every every life that I've lived, where I where I actually passed, this is my personal experience. When you go to the end, and you're a very old person. Or there's been an accident or something wrong. You hurt. Just your your body hurts. And and then when you cross to the other side, when you actually pass the death, it's like, uh, and I'll say this straight out, oh, thank God that's over with. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it was, I am so glad that that life is over because that body <laughs> really, it really sucks. I mean, yeah. it, it hurts. And yeah. I'm ready to get and I think a lot of people who watch their their family members as they go into the end of a of a of a, a hard life, if they're into you know cancers or things that are very very painful, at the end, it's just like their their face becomes so. This is this is fantastic. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. And when they cross, it's like, oh, thank God that life is over with. And I yeah. have heard that so many times. It's like. 
whoa, I'm glad to be out of that body. <laughs> well, and, I interrupted uh, you and shouldn't, but this has been very no. interesting. We're, we're just going to take a quick break and then go back to Great. Bob's narrative um, about how he got into this. And then we're going to talk about past life regression, and I'm going to tell you my experience uh, that, that cured me of something that I thought was, was impossible to cure. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the amazing and very interesting Bob Frank. We'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned a lot more than what happens when we die. She also discovered that we actually are perfectly loving, eternal beings. To help us explore who we really are, she's begun a multi-generational fictional saga that she calls Letters from Love. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the series, and Letter from Wonder is due in the fall. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Also, enjoy Roberta's My Thomas, The Beautiful Tale of Thomas Jefferson's Marriage. Her new novel, Rich and Famous, is a romance set in the go-go 80s. Check out robertagrimes.com to learn more. Knowing the truth about our eternal lives changes everything. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with my wonderful new friend, Bob Frank, about past life regression therapy, which is something that... In 30 years, your grandchildren or your children will be doing this automatically to cure themselves of problems, of fears, of uh, sometimes even physical issues. Um, and it's exciting for us to be talking about it now when it's going to be common knowledge as soon as everyone figures out what's really going on. Bob, so tell us. So you had this experience, which is obviously life-changing, and you've decided to learn to become a therapist yourself? Yes. I, I had. Uh, yeah. What, what really happened is I, I, I was doing this novel trilogy. I finished the first one, and I said, I've got to have more. I saw, Sometimes I joke, I say, hey, man, it's like cocaine, you know, you got to get more. So, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, get, I, I have the same problem you have. <laughs> I got to get more cocaine. I it's it's really more. fun to write, and it's fun to write when you feel you're doing something useful for people, too. Exactly. So, exactly. so, 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 all right, so, so, so tell us about I, it. Tell us how you do 
you're, so you're doing this for a living? Is this something nope, you do nope. a lot? I'm, of? I'm, I'm not not as living. I'm doing I'm doing this as a I'm going to call it as a sidelight, as much for the education of myself as I am for helping other people. So I I you know I my fellow practitioner is probably very upset, but I I'm not doing this as a as a as a practice. I don't want to compete with a past life regressionist, but I'm looking, how do I help people progress through their issues? Because there is, there's, there's a whole, an entire healing aspect to this, this past life regression, uh, the therapies. And there, there's, we can talk a little bit more about uh, the physical manifestations that carry from life to life to life. That's, that's been proven in thousands of cases out of the university of Virginia. Yes. Um, yeah, that's and, a whole other show we, we could do. That was that is an entire show by itself. Is just the, the how the, the, a death in one life will carry across to a physical manifestation in another life. I so, should just tell tell people that's Dr. Ian Stevenson's work with um, exactly uh, small children who have memories of past lives and often their bodies uh, and the, those lives typically ended nearby and violently. And uh, those bodies, their children's bodies bear the scars of those previous um, deaths. It, read Ian Stevenson's books. He will change your life. He just, yeah. um, he, he's extraordinary. Let, let's just tell people quickly, with past life regression, this is why it's important. Number one, past life regression therapists and, and the first past, the, 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 the one who sort of founded this, uh, now his name has escaped me. Tell me his name. Probably uh, Michael Newton. I've been to his workshop. He's wonderful, but I had a brain cramp. Brian Weiss um, pioneered this. He's a a psychologist, a physician, and he pioneered taking people, as as we just talked about, to past life where a specific problem began. Where did you develop your claustrophobia? Where did you sort of develop this asthma no one could find a reason for? And what they would, what he would find was once people had relived that life where that problem started, maybe they were buried alive or something, once they relive it, the, the thing is gone. Whether it's a physical or a mental problem, it's gone. And what's even more astonishing, of course, we know there is no such thing as time. And in fact, we're told that in a way we can't fathom all our lives are happening at the same time. But um, more recently, Dr. Weiss started progression therapy. If he couldn't find something in the past life that caused that claustrophobia or, or asthma or whatever it was, he would take people to a future life and find that that was where the problem started, which to me makes my eyes cross. I can't imagine. But he says it happens, and he even wrote a book about it called, I think yeah. that was Same Soul, Many yeah. Bodies. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's really true. The, there's a, so many healing aspects to it. The, I, 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 actually, I'm, I'm going to use the word healing, but I've learned so much in this life from the past lives that I've seen People that I've worked with, I've I've seen the same thing. When they, if they have an issue in this life, whatever that particular little issue may be, it could be a physical issue, it could be a psychological issue, it could be a phobia. That that many times when you take them into a past life regression, that you will just guide them to go to whatever life that you can learn or that will help you with issues in this life. You will go to the lives where they will see something. And then they will subconsciously bring that back with them, and it will fix their problem. There was—I'll um, give you a, a good example. There was a, a doctor 
Uh, he's retired now. I, I had a really good dialogue with him about three, four years ago. Uh, he was in Scotland, and he's a medical doctor his entire career, and he's retired now. Uh, and as he was coming through his career, his earlier part of the career, he, he was running into people that he could not figure out what was wrong with their body. Their legs would hurt, the back would hurt, an arm, a shoulder, something was just wrong. He just couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it. None of the tests could figure it. And so he had read about hypnotherapy. So, well, I'm going to try the hypnotherapy just to see if I can help them clear it up, find out when they were a little kid, what did they do to their shoulder or their back. And he said they began these spontaneous regressions in the past lives, and then, which is exactly how Michael Newton and Brian Weiss, they, they, they all did the same kind of a process. And he told me some very interesting things. He said there were a lot of times when he would take people into hypnosis, take them back to a past lives, but he could not get them to interact with him. So it was not a, a two-way, but he would just take, walk them through the past, a past life as if they were having a dialogue with him, and he had no idea what was going on. They would come out of the therapy, and but he would guide them to go to some past life and find the problem, and when he would come out, he would, he would say, I would say to myself, boy, I failed on that one. This one just blew it. And then he would get a call from the, the patient three, four days later and said, that issue is gone. Yeah. Yeah, said, what? amazing. He said, so their subconscious mind, even though they, yeah. on a conscious level, even on a lower consciousness level, they never saw anything. Their deep consciousness went there, saw that, oh my gosh, I had this problem in this past life. And, you know, that was then, now is now. They're two different lives. There's no reason to carry that pain or that issue right. into right. this it, life. And it, it's a mark on our away. minds. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, I'm going to yeah. tell you my story. This is. Okay, let's I, hear this. It was 10, it was 10 years ago. Uh, roughly, that I sort of started discovering all this. I I went to a workshop shop with Dr. Weiss, and um, read his books, and of course was reading Michael Newton's books, and got interested in it as part of my overall research afterlife research. I'm a skeptic. I didn't really believe in this. I thought, you know, okay, that's a little too weird. And of course, then I went to this woman. I had this awful experience with two lives that I couldn't bear to see the end of. So. Um, I had a problem which started when I was in my late teens, and but that problem was a peculiar one. I was afraid of heights. Not if there were, if there was a window between you and I was fine. I could look out of an airplane. I could look you right. know, uh, through a window. I could uh-huh. not be near an edge where I might step off it. It it was t- it was began to be disabling as I got older. But it started in my late teens. Um, I, I had a at the time I had a client. I'm an attorney. I had a client in New Hampshire that uh, had an office in a great big building that had a huge open atrium and the offices are around so he was on the sixth floor and i had to get out of the elevator and skulk along the wall with my eyes closed like i got to his door <laughs> i was so terrified because i could have gone right over that railing it would have been so so easy to do and uh-huh. that was weird so so anyway at about this time um and i'm thinking about all this and it occurred to me to put a and b together i said i wonder if I had a fall in a previous lifetime that makes mm-hmm. me worried that I'm going to fall again. And I, yeah. and I forgot about it. I was researching other stuff. Maybe a month or two later, I started to realize I was getting these flashes of being a young Native American man standing on the edge of a cliff. 
just little flashes in my mind. It's, it's, it, I think it's early morning, you know, sun is coming up, and I'm certain I can fly because I'm spiritually pure. I'm able right. to fly. I, I'm in my teens, early, you know, mid-teens. Then it would go away. And I didn't think about that much until September when, um, this is, say, spring. So come September, I'm in New York City. A friend of mine was doing a celebration of her 25th anniversary of her company, and there was, we were there on, in, her, in the office on Sunday on like the millionth floor in a New York City skyscraper, and the windows were open because it was, no, there was no air conditioning. And so I could see the Chrysler building. It was right there. So I went <laughs> running to the window, and I'm leaning out a little bit to look at the Chrysler building, and I turned and looked at my husband, and he was standing in the doorway of that room, and his jaw was on the floor. And I realized then for the first time I wasn't afraid anymore. Uh-huh. It was gone. It, it yes. was gone without, without my even knowing it was gone, and I have never had that fear since. Now, mm-hmm. i got to tell anybody listening, it works, and it works without your even understanding it's happening to you. I'm not afraid yes. now. I totally, I could walk along the edge of anything. Isn't that amazing? Well, not to you, it's I, not amazing, but to me it was flabbergasting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had a, I had an interesting one that... It was similar to that, even with myself, and I, and I see it with the people that I work with when I, where I do the regression, that there's, there's these little things, and they come up later. And I had something similar where, where, you know, in your life, you have a bucket list, and I've lived with a bucket list since I was 20 years old, because there's things I want to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had this thing on the bucket list, and it was, I've got to have a sailboat, got to have a sailboat, and I've got to, you know, i got to sail the world, and i got to have this sailboat, and I, and so there were times I ended up living in Florida for a while. I bought a house on a canal, went to the Gulf of Mexico. I'm going to have a sailboat. You know, I was working in that direction to get that boat. <laughs> then I got transferred, got moved, ended up in San Francisco Bay. Uh, by gosh, within two years, I, I, I went and bought a sailboat, put it on the bay, and I'm sailing the bay. And the San, if you've ever sailed San Francisco Bay, it, it is, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. That's a rough place to, to do any sailing. And, and so I always had this obsession. I got to get it. I ended up moving to Phoenix. I had to sell the boats. I said, well, I got to, you know, I got to <laughs> yeah, do There's this. not, not much water in Phoenix, that's for sure. And so and when I went through the regressions, there was a particular life that I saw that where I was a, a ship's captain on a, just a cargo ship. It was just, a, and it was somewhere up in the North Sea. It was cold up there. And, you know, I went all the way through the life and, you know, cause it was, it was, it was up in the North. And it was a cargo, just a little cargo ship with half a dozen guys, and we just, you know, sail out and sail back wherever we went. It was a sailing this ship, port. though. This was like a couple hundred years ago or something. It was probably around four or five hundred years ago. Wow. Somewhere up in the North Sea. It was the, you know, the, they were the big sailing ships. These, these uh-huh. were the, not, not big, but it was a small cargo ship. It wasn't a yes. big one. It was just half a dozen to ten guys or so that ran, was on the cargo ship. Uh-huh. And because it was just normal stuff. And... We, one day we went out, and it was interesting because of all the lives I've seen, this was one of the only lives that I never saw. I never saw the death. I never got to the death. And I ended up, through my regression cycles over several years, went to that life three times. I still never got to the death. Huh. And what what had happened, just happened to notice after the first time, about six months later, I sit down, I review my bucket list, and I said, I really don't need to do this anymore because I was going to get a, you know, rent a sailboat or get on something, go around the world, you know, go circumnavigate. I took it off my list. 
and I didn't know why. And finally, I was chatting with a, with another therapist and says, you know, it's probably that, you know, you mentioned that life as that sailing captain, and I, I know this. All I could really tell from the regressions that I went through is, is we lost the ship, and I lost the crew, and that's when I died was in a storm somewhere out in the North Sea. We got caught. I was the captain, and it said probably what it was, it was pent-up guilt. Yeah. Because it would, you wouldn't, your subconscious would not even let you see the death to see the young men who were on your crew dying in that storm in the North Sea. So yeah. you've pent up this guilt, which brought it back to, I have to have a sailboat, and I have to sail the ocean. Yeah. So, and and, well, and yeah. six months, it was six months after that first regression. I took it off my bucket list. It, Isn't that it, fun? It, it's been on there 30-some years, and I took it off the list. I don't need it anymore. So, but that's so I, freeing. I, that's wonderfully freeing that you... It's, it is. Got, you, it is. Your heart must yeah. be so much lighter with that guilt gone. And and you say, wow, you know, it wasn't me. It was just, yeah, okay, it was my decision to leave that day. And I, I, I mean, I distinctly, each of the three lives, each of the three times I saw that life, I was on the deck, let's go. Come on, let's just pack and let's let's just get her done. Let's get out of here. Get out of the port and let's get moving. And we got, we took off out there and that's, you know, we got caught in a storm somewhere out there. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of like, okay. You know, I've been bra- dragging this thing around for four or five hundred years. So Time to put it down. And put yes. that baby down. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's interesting. Um, it, there are all kinds of problems. As you say, there are sometimes physical pains that can't be explained yep. any other way. Um, yep. There are, you know, uh, phobias, as I just just said. And I, I just would remark to people, if you don't want to go to a past life regression therapist, if there's something that you think... Uh, it, you know, you know, you have a phobia or some annoying thing uh, that that you wonder if it could be caught. Just I can tell you, just asking your, the question of your mind will make your mind come up with the answer. And it, obviously, I was really stupid. Um, it turned out it was the early part of the 1800s. I somehow knew that um, after the fact. But this this kid stepped off a cliff, and that was the end of his life. And that was really dumb. But it was me, so I suppose I can take credit for having been that dumb. But it works. It cures the problem and permanently yeah. cures it at the level of your mind, which is where everything generates. Our minds yeah, I, are I very a- powerful. I actually had a, a, a client who was a, probably a woman in her mid-30s and just had a lot of trouble keeping relationships, just couldn't just couldn't keep that relationship and was just, you know, bouncing through them. We, we did a regression, and not that we were focusing. It was more entertainment for her. She says, I really want to do this just to find out what's going on. And we, we went through three very distinct, crisp, clear lives, and that basically revealed, it revealed like, wow. Now I understand. <laughs> what was her problem? Well, there, there was, she had, uh, we saw three distinct lives. I think the one that was causing the problem, she was, it was in, it was in French European, was she was a very poor young girl, got connected with a very rich guy, a rich guy died, she's got all the money, she became a very promiscuous woman. And just was just promiscuous could be because she had all the money she had you know lots of money, and was just right. very promiscuous. But it, it also, and she wasn't really happy with the whole thing, yeah. and ended up marrying a guy. And then there was all kinds of very interesting things that happened towards the end of that that life. And um, 
But but then there was two other lives where one was she was a male, one was she was a female, and they were the absolute perfect life with a mate and children and family. And so it's like she got a chance to see maybe what was the trigger of the issue of having a relationship problem. At the same time, got two where the relationships were just wonderful. Yes. Wonderful partners and wonderful family-like environment. So she got a chance to see it to the point where, man, I got st- maybe I got stuck on this. And yeah. I should be focusing on these others where things were okay. So, so it's a very interesting thing that as you go through a therapy session, what lives will be revealed by your subconscious, by your subconscious mind. That, that feels you ought to see them. Well, we're going to yeah. take another quick break, um, but Great. this is fascinating. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really know all the implications of that, it'll change everything in your life forever. Our guest today is the wonderful Bob Frank, and we'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. If you want to know more about what really happens when we die, or if you're just curious about some of the things discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the friendly seekers at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta Grimes administers a growing community in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. It really is possible to know the truth. Give yourself the gift of understanding. Share your thoughts with people who are eager to listen. Finally, get your big questions answered. Afterlifeforums.com The truth about your own eternal nature turns out to be even more wonderful than your most optimistic hopes. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Bob Frank, who does past life regression therapy. And past life regression therapy will be one of the wonderful fruits of mainstream science finally coming to appreciate, understand, and research what's true about reality because it works, and it works beautifully. And one of the things it occurs to me, I should just mention uh, before we go back into talking, is you know you hear us glibly talking about people being both genders. What we find is that most people, um, by the way, most people apparently have many more lives than we could even imagine. Um, many people have had hundreds, I guess. I, I don't know. I can't imagine. But... Um, 
we we tend to be a primary gender, but we tend to switch genders a lot. Um, it see all of the the memories I have of or I have, that people help me retrieve, which is a total of four, are, are male. And I've been told by um, uh, some by a couple of psychic friends that I'm almost always male. And uh, which strikes me as odd because I'm very comfortable being female, but apparently the mind doesn't care. It it uses the gender as part of the learning experience in that lifetime. Um, but anyway, uh, let's let's go go further into so so just to finish talking about gender, um, we've all been both genders. It's perfectly normal for that to be the case. It's perfectly normal for you to to have feelings that may be associated in a in a sort of strict culture like ours with one gender or the other. And there's a lot of evidence that um, what we think of as homosexuality is related in part to uh, memories of a recent previous lifetime. But that's a whole other topic, which, which we'll talk about on a different day. So back to you, Bob. Sorry, I can't right. say all that. Yeah, and, and you're, you're exactly right. There's there's many different aspects of of the, um, I will use the term reality, the, the action, what I see is reality um, with the lives as the souls go out and they come back in and they, they reincarnate into other beings. They're, they're, I would say statistically, 60, 40, 70, 30 souls will have a tendency to be one gender over the other, at least from what I've seen. It, it, but it's about how many lives you go through and then is there more males? Is there more females? Um, there's there's a lot of interesting discussions about, as you mentioned, the homosexuality. Is is that because your propensity is to be a male all the time, and now you find yourself in a female body that you're not comfortable with? So you have this tendency to, to drive back into a male role figure. There, there's some theories about that. Uh, there's some other theories that when you, as they, there's a... a a term that's used is called a soul contract, that when you come into the life, when you come into the life, you essentially have established a contract with those other souls around you and those souls that guide you, the elders, your, call them your angels, your guardians, your, your guides. You have this agreement. This is what's going to essentially happen in this life. That goes back to your point earlier, Roberta, about time. Is time real and is destiny real? Yeah. Um, so, so it's it's about uh, there were some thoughts that when you come in, if you've not settled exactly whether I'm going to be male or female, then perhaps there's a confusion as to what role you will play in this particular life when your soul comes into the body and then you play out the body. So there's some some theories around that. The uh, the theories around uh, child prodigies that our souls have a propensity to like to do certain things when they live their lives. And the child prodigies are, I really like to, as they say, I like to play the piano, or I like to do mathematics, or I like to do something, and that's what they they effectively do when they come into the life. They've automatically got a lot of those inherent skills. And, and yes, so there's yeah. theories that the prodigies are really souls that are coming back in. And, you know, as they say, the last life I was Mozart, this this life I'm three years old, with no instructions, with nothing, I'm sitting down playing Mozart. I mean, that's yeah. you know, using an, an exaggerated uh, example, but I, but I think there's a propensity to do that. And then this concept of the soul—we uh, like to use the term soulmates. Uh, in my books, I call them soul pods. But the the other 
uh, uh, sort of the other gurus in the past life regression space use soul families, soul groups, soul clusters, where people will will incarnate together life after life, or not necessarily life after life, but they as they come into lives, they will cluster this life, and they skip a couple of lives, and they come back in as as, yes. as different roles. And now I'm the father, you're the daughter. Now I'm the mother, and you're my, uh, you know, son, and or we're 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 sisters, or we're business partners, or we're enemies. Yeah, uh, so a lot or, of or they might be yeah. guides. Some of the some people who are have been important exactly. in their lives might be our guides this time around. Exactly. That, that that's the agreement that that's called a soul contract in that particular life. That okay, I'm your guide this time. I am here to help you. You could call it the guardian angel or whatever the terms are you might use, but I'm a soul. I'm here to help you and guide you along the line, but but the veil is up. There's a very interesting thing, as I say, is the veil, which is essentially a shroud between you in this life and any of the previous lives or previous experience or previous knowledge that your soul has. So they call that the veil, and it is a hardcore line. So in a past life regression, the objective is to get through the veil. That's why you take your conscious mind, set it aside, pierce the veil, get to the other side so that you can get the knowledge that you that you actually want. Since we're we're sort of uh, coming toward uh, the end of our time, which is kind of surprising because we seem to have just started, um, I I just I have one quick question for you, and then I'd like you to talk about your novels. Um, Have you ever found anybody famous in your forays into past lives of people? Oh no, there. This is this is the when I began to do uh, uh, hypnotherapy, and then I began to focus and specialize in, in past life regression. My my guru, because you have sort of a mentor guru, and she, I, I'd written the first novel. I gave her a copy of the novel. She read it. She goes, "You broke the rule. You broke oh, my number one rule." And the number one rule was, "There shall be no expectations of finding anyone famous in oh. any life." At all, because if you yeah. just pure statistics, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us, right? And this is what I found in my regressions: you're born, you're you're you know you you get diarrhea when you're a baby, and you have problems, and you skin your knees, and you fight with your siblings, and your and your mother spanks you, and you you're rebellious teenagers, and then you have these you know love hate things as you go through life, and then you grow old. And if you're if you don't die by an accident, you grow old and then you die. That's life. That is what life, life is. There's, that's life. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent. So I've yeah, never I, found I, them. They, they they tend to be uh, our lives tend to be amazingly um, uh, sort of uh, rude and and rustic. Um, I, one, yeah. one of my lives, I'm told, I was. Richard Rush, this is the closest I've ever come to fame. Richard Rush um, was in his youth uh, the the law clerk of a very old uh, Thomas Jefferson, and they were mm-hmm. apparently very close. And that explains why I have such a fascination with Thomas Jefferson. Makes yeah. sense to me. <laughs> uh, but that's as close as I ever came. A little brush with a little bit of knowing somebody famous. Um, so tell <laughs> us about your novels. Tell us about well, that. Well, I, I just kind of mentioned it was... It was uh, I, I broke the rules because there's a, a, an awful lot of very prominent historic figures in in the novels. There, there's a trilogy. Each one of the each one of the three books has a very very different thrust, 
And I didn't realize it until I had finished the trilogy and published the third novel that every one of them were lessons. They were, and they were not just individual lessons. They were lessons for society in whole through people. Uh, the first one is, in essence, and I'll give you a little bit without giving a spoiler, you could say, or you could ask, what if, what if the prominent historical figures in society, religious, political, philosophical, were essentially the same few souls? And as I mentioned earlier, souls have this propensity to come back and do things over and over. They like to do those. I say, what if all the historical icons were the same soul? Over and over As again, got, coming back. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, you're coming back. I'm doing it again. Well, I, and that's part of the, the lessons of life that, that you, you know, all of the, the uh, past life regression uh, gurus have said. It's, it's about learning the lessons. And if you don't learn this lesson, you have to come back and do it again. You're, you're going to come back in the next life and do it again. So I'm saying, well, these political or religious figures, they don't get it right in this life, yeah. even though they're prominent. They're going to come back again, and they're going to try to do it again. Yeah. And um, so the second one, I changed the thrust a little bit, and it's about, as I mentioned, we change roles. We male this time, female the next, and so on. But I also said, okay, what if from life to life to life we changed roles? So that let's let's put it in a let's put it in a political context. This life, you're a Republican, and you know your 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 cousin over here is a Democrat, and then your your sister over there is an is a uh, independent. Well, let's say 100 years ago, you were the Democrat, he was a Republican, and they were the independent, and then that one over there is a revolutionary. So, and then the previous life before that, you changed roles again. And so I, the lesson sort of from an individual standpoint of saying, wow, you know, I'm a Muslim now, but I was a Jewish in my last life, and yeah, I was a Christian uh-huh. before that. So yes. you begin to say at the individual level, oh, when you look at the societal level, said, wow, you know, if we reincarnate, we could end up anywhere in the spectrum. Why am I killing these other people? And then yeah. the third novel gets into more of the, the, the world of, of destiny of time, and the wealth of knowledge that's in, I'm not going to use the word universe, I'm going to say in the aggregated consciousness of reality, because all of our souls are connected. And the the scientific studies out of Princeton University have, have, have shown us that our consciousness is all interconnected. And if all that consciousness is connected... All that wealth of information is all there. We can tap it. So yeah, I, I play that in the third profound. one. That's really and profound. It's true. If we can pierce the veil, and if we can get to the point where we can tap that pool of knowledge on the other side, can we not bring that knowledge back in to help our, our three-dimensional, physical, materialistic, bodies, planet, to help us solve our problems and help us make life a little bit, maybe a little more comfortable for, for all of us. Could we not do that? The, the and, books um, are the Third Eye Trilogy, and um, the author is Bob Frank, and they're available on Amazon, right? Yeah, now they're on Amazon, but I've also just pushed them out to, uh, to uh, 
through a distributor to all of the other bookstores. So they'll be on i if they're not there now, within a week or so they'll be on iTunes and Sony, Barnes and Noble. They'll be pushed out to all of the other the other uh, bookstores. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, great, good for you. And so, the Third Eye trilogy. Um, if you're interested at all in this whole idea of past lives and effects they have on our present lives, and um, explore them with someone who is. Frankly, I, as kindred spirit of mine, um, I think writing fiction and trying to use it to help people is 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 uh, God's work. I and and it's the most fun you can possibly have. So, um, I'm. Tell me about your next one. All right, you're going to love this one because it's this one is a nonfictional and and uh, when we talk about guides and and people you know, people entities, your your guardians who are guiding you. I've been given this message for thirty years and I never heard it. So maybe about four or five years ago, and, and I got distinctly kicked in the butt. Get it done, because you failed to do this in three previous lives. Get it out. So I'm working on a, a book, and it's, it, it is is really about a, a theory of reality. What is reality? Not little microcosmic pieces of it, but it's about the, the holistic view of reality, our 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 existence as a soul in the other realm, what happens, what are the charters, what do we do, uh, but it's going to build on on empirical data of scientific types of studies, because the scientists, as you mentioned at the beginning, the scientists are not going to buy it unless it's in the context of science. So, So my focus has been on using the evidence that, that so many of these other highly educated people have used to validate that, uh, like Dr. Ian Stevenson, validate that we reincarnate as a soul. We go out, we come back. We go out, we come back, and we carry things with us. Uh, uh, Dr. Dean Radin, who's at the Noetic uh, Science Institute, around what he's doing. Dr. Gary Schwartz, University of Arizona, the thing yes, that he's doing who's with headlining the conference in two in two weeks. By the way, I should just mention yeah. that. Um, oh, Gary, and, and, uh, Gary Schwartz is uh, is one of my heroes. He's often been on our our program. I'm so sorry that we're coming to the end of our time. Um, what where when do you think your book will be out? I, it's my target is to get her out by September, so that this year. So can, oh, great. Yeah, okay, it's, it's it's this year. Let, it's this year. Let I'm, me know it's, about it. Um, it's working and on we'll, it, and we'll, and we'll have her we'll, done. We'll, we'll, We'll mention it on this show. I'm so sorry that we're we've, we're going to have to cut this short, but um, yep. I definitely want to have you back because we have a lot of fun talking. I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and its sequel is The Fun of Staying in Touch about afterlife communication. That comes out in August. My Letters from Love series are my novels attempting to help you understand what's true. Letter from Freedom, Letter from Wonder, and then in the fall, Letter from... Uh, rather, Letter from Freedom, Letter from Money, and Letter from Wonder comes out in the fall. All my books um, and my blog are at robertagrimes.com, so please join me there. And frankly, if you leave your email address there, we can stay in touch, and that would be fun. We've been talking with Bob Frank. His novel series is the Third Eye Trilogy, um, and he is a past life regression therapist, and to me, this is a very exciting area. Next week, we'll be talking with Deidre Haidt, who is going to tell us about angels. And now, go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. 
joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.